Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Radio Elevate. I'm your host, Cody Fair, and I'm so glad you could join us this week as we continue on with our series, Red, and we continue looking in the book of Matthew and the Sermon on the Mount. But this week, we're going to come at you just like we do every week and hit you with a little bit of worship as we start off this week with We the Kingdom and Holy Water. Oh! 
absolutely love acoustic music, and whenever I can get a stripped-down version of a song, I absolutely love it. So up next, we have We Are in an acoustic version by Carrie Jones. Every secret, every shame, every fear, every pain, live inside the dark, but that's not who we are, we are children of the day, so wake up sleeper, lift your head. next song we hear a lot at christmas time but it's not christmas time but we are talking about the light of the world so here's lauren daigle with light of the world the world waits for a miracle the heart longs for a little bit of hope oh come oh come amen you 
Child prays for peace on earth And she's calling out from a sea of hurt Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel And can you hear the angels Stick around because up next we're going to be continuing right in Matthew chapter 5. We're going to be in verses 14 through 16. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hey Radio Elevate, this is Matt, worship pastor here at Crosspoint Church. Man, what a great opportunity it is to spend time with you here on Radio Elevate. 
What a great platform and opportunity that you have to share with your friends and your family the good news of the gospel brought to you by Elevate Student Ministries. Cody and the team have done a fantastic job leading you in this ministry. We're excited about what they're going to be able to do through Radio Elevate. I hope you enjoy it. I know I'm looking forward to it. Join with me as we listen together this new lesson on Radio Elevate. There is nothing worse than trying to do something in the dark. You know, you can't see anything, you start to get frustrated, and the task at hand just gets exponentially more difficult. I mean, think about something as simple as grabbing a drink of water in the middle of the night when you wake up at 3 a.m. with a dry mouth. You're already groggy. And you're already not thinking straight, so you don't turn on the light to go down to your kitchen. Now, this is a trip you've made multiple times daily from your room to the kitchen, and you know this path like it's the back of your hand, but without a light source, you still stumble because you can't see your way. You know, I have a young daughter, and as, as most of you know, and if I forget to turn on that light, I'm very likely to step on one of those little building blocks that you make shapes out of, which I'm convinced is the absolute worst pain in the world. But regardless, the absence of light makes a simple trip with a simple task even more difficult. And then your journey's complete, and through all the turmoil that you've struggled through, you have made it to the refrigerator to grab that glass of water. Then you remember you have a bottle of water that you set back just for this type of occasion. So you put your hand on the handle of that refrigerator, make a quick jerk, and behold, there is light. It's almost like you can hear God himself recount the first day when that light of the refrigerator is revealed. Now, the light in this refrigerator, it does several things. First, it's going to reveal the contents of what the refrigerator holds inside, and it makes locating the items inside the refrigerator easier, and it showcases what the refrigerator holds so you can choose what you want to retrieve from inside. Now, real quick, Think about how it would be more difficult to grab that bottle of water from a refrigerator if the water was in the back and the light was burnt out. Again, it would make a simple task just that much more difficult, just like your trip from the bedroom was. See, light serves a very important function in our life, as God himself even gave us a light source that we could live by. It's so important that God even allowed that light source to have reflection at night time so that we could still not be in total darkness. The question is, though, have you ever thought of yourself as a light? Have you ever thought of yourself as making someone else's life a little bit easier? Today, we're going to look at what being the light of the world is all about. How can we make searching for that bottle of water a little bit easier for somebody else? How can we make the trip from that bedroom a little bit more simple? What does it mean to be the light of the world? And why is it our responsibility to be the light of the world? 
As we move forward in our series read, we're going to be discussing Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. And it says, You are the light of the world, like a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So let's start off here by saying the function of light is to be seen. Sunlight helps sustain life and helps make things grow just as we should in Christ. But the first thing that light does is it showcases something. Let's think about a flower briefly. Now, we all know that flowers need water and sunlight to grow and live. And the sun provides all kinds of benefits for that flower. But the very first thing it does is it reveals the flower from the darkness. Now, without sunlight, it would be hidden. And it reveals things about that flower. It reveals the flower's beauty. It reveals the flower's size. It reveals the flower's flaws, its perfections, its colors, how it stands amongst the other flowers, and so much else. So when we consider light, we have to look at ourselves and what light reveals about us. See, the function of light can be revealed in several different ways. And the first is going to be by a prosperous lifestyle. Now, this does not mean that light reveals success financially or in a job or by academics or anything like that. That's not what I mean. But what I do mean is that light reveals a prosperous lifestyle with God. We are wealthy beyond all compare when we have the ultimate gift of grace from God. We prosper with God knowing what that he has the ultimate joy for us in life with him. The function of life can also be revealed by the words that we speak. So how does light reveal words that we speak? Well, Admittedly, this is a more poetic illustration uh, instead of more of an actual act, but the words we speak do reflect the light of God that's inside us. As basic and as simple as this is, let's think about profanity for a minute. Now, we all slip up from time to time and use some profanity, I'm sure, but think about someone you know that has an explicit come out of their mouth every other word. Now, that type of vocabulary does not reflect God and it does not reflect light. What about someone who's always negative or derogatory in their words? They're always putting someone else down instead of building someone else up. They're critical and they're judgmental in their own words. Now, do you think that reflects the light of God? Or do you think that may reflect sin and darkness? See, the words that we speak need to be enlightened. And enlightened is a word that almost has like a cult reputation to it. 
It's a word that some people try to stray from, but to really be enlightened, you simply have to submit to God. The words you speak and the biblical conversations that you engage in will always be godly-driven. I can't count the number of times that somebody strays away from discussing God because they're a little nervous about maybe some biblical knowledge and afraid that they might say the wrong thing. Now think about this for a minute, though. God is not going to allow you to say the wrong thing. If you don't know what to say, hey, simply don't say it. And use that opportunity to learn, to read, and to discuss. Either way, your words and your actions will become enlightened in that manner. And the function of light can also be revealed by the good that we do. Now, I don't want to confuse a thing here by saying that Christianity is works-based. Our salvation is grace, it's a gift from God, and that's as plain and simple as it can be. However, when we experience that grace and we experience that true relationship with God, our sinful hearts have a longing to do God's work. The good we do will always be something that reflects God. And that can be seen in so many different ways. You know, I teach often about different talents that we have been gifted with and the need for us to use those to glorify God. You know, in music, if you have that gift or you have that talent, then you have a responsibility to glorify God and reveal his goodness through songs that you sing so that we can give some a bit of grace back to him. If your talent sports, you have a responsibility to show what God has done for you and speak openly about God in media or to your teammates and with your coaches or to anybody. And there's so many others, maybe your things theater or art or any talent, we need to be able to send that glory back to God. Now, it is of most important to keep this in mind when you're looking at your talent. Your talent is a light that needs to illuminate God and not illuminate yourself. You're acting as the spotlight to God, not the glorified thing in the spotlight. Whenever somebody recognizes your talent, it's easy to accept that praise and the glory because it's directed at you, but what the important thing is is that you direct that glory right back to where it belongs, which is to God. Now, this is something that preachers even have to recognize day in and day out. I can't stress this enough. When we become believers, we all become preachers. And there is no pedestal that somebody that works in ministry is put on. See, we're all ministers. Oftentimes, though, people want to elevate a preacher to a higher status and put glory on that teacher rather than on God. So remember this. Teachers, preachers, worshipers, pastors, anybody is simply a vessel and a spotlight that's used to illuminate God and reveal him to others just like with whatever your talent is. Stick around, because we'll be right back after this break. 
Hey Radio Elevate, this is Matt, worship pastor here at Cross Point Church. I hope you're enjoying this lesson. I want to give you an opportunity to give to Radio Elevate, a ministry of Elevate Student Ministries of Cross Point Church. You can text the word GIVE to 423-467-5311. That's 423-467-5311. And you can become a partner with Radio Elevate. Enjoy this lesson. Next, I want to look at how illumination and enlightenment embody godly knowledge. Now, here's the thing about knowledge. Knowledge is simply knowing God. And the best way to do that is by spending time with God in the Bible. If you think about cramming for a test for a second, you will remember a lot of that information for a test, but how long do you retain that information after a test? If you don't go back and revisit information that you study and practice, the information that you've learned, uh, chances are good that you'll lose that knowledge until you relearn it. And that's why continuous study of the Bible and God's Word is so important to us. We have to study it daily so that we don't lose the information and the direction in life that the Bible and God have for us. By simply cracking open the Bible, we're shedding light on God's guidance directly to us because when we study the Bible the way it's meant to be studied, which is by reading and reflecting and meditating on and practicing, then we're truly spending quality time with God. Now, this is where the church comes in. You'll hear every preacher tell you, and rightfully so, that the church is not a building. The church is God's people. The church is not a building. We are the church, but the leaders of the church and the members of the church have a responsibility by being the church because the church serves many functions when we're talking about them being the light of the world. And the first one I want to look at is acceptance. You know, one of Crosspoint Church's statements and is come as you are. But don't stay that way. And to truly practice that, you have to practice acceptance. Now, acceptance is a word and a practice that is thrown around so much today that we forget what acceptance actually means. The world is going to tell you to love everybody, and that much is true. But when the world's telling you to love everybody, what they're really telling you is to accept sin. Now, that's not what love and acceptance actually is. Acceptance is when you mourn for someone else's sin and acts as support for their internal struggle. That's what really hate the sin and love the sinner is really about. And that's a two-way street because that sinner that you're accepting is also accepting you and mourning for your sin. The church here can be looked at as a support group that holds each other accountable to God and keeping our light on so that God can be glorified. 
another responsibility of the church in being the light of the world is to educate. Uh, according to a study done by PewResearch.org uh, in 2015, Christianity is the world's largest religious group in the world. Now, don't let that fool you because that same study revealed that less than a third of the world's population is classified as a Christian at only 31% of the world's population claiming to be Christian. Now, that means that 69% of the world's population, they're still in the dark. Church, that means that we have the responsibility to educate. And if you really think about it, I'm sure that there are people in your life that you don't that do not consider themselves as a Christian. There are probably people in your life that consider themselves a believer, but do not spend time with God. Here's the sad truth, guys. If you're a believer and not spending time with God, your salvation could be in serious question because you are denying God and not shining and reflecting his light. See, if you're reflecting the world, you're not reflecting God. The church, and remember, the church is us, the believers, not the building have a responsibility to educate others on God. We can be that spark that lights the fire inside of someone else so they can come to know God just as we have. Now, that spark can turn into a real big flame, and a real big flame shines really bright so that God can be seen. Every spark that you facilitate that turns into a flame for God is another soldier on the ground that's doing the same work that you are. Which brings me to my next point, which is the church has a responsibility to spread and grow. Now, grace is the gift that God gave us as sinners because he longs for a relationship with us. He longs for us to spread and grow in our relationship with him as our creator. No matter who you run across in this life, it's important to remember that God created them just as he created you. Have you ever met somebody in your life that's just flat out different than you, you cannot connect with them on any level. You probably have, and that's okay, because we're going to run across those people in our life, but never forget that God loves them just like he loves you and just like he loves I, and he longs for a relationship with them just as he does us. See, That's why it's so important that we shine God's light on those that we don't connect with because other people can connect with people that you just can't connect with. We can only do our part. God's not asking us to save every person that we pass on the street day in and day out. He's simply asking us to reflect him in the way that we live, so that we can connect with people that are compatible with us. The more people that are believers, and the more people that we uh, connect with as a believer, are the more people that can connect 
with another person of a different background, with a different hobby, or with a different interest that can also experience God. Think about that light in the refrigerator again for just a second. When you open that door, the light illuminates everything in that refrigerator. It illuminates the water that you wanted, it illuminates the leftovers that you forgot about. It illuminates that nasty cilantro that you don't want any part of. It illuminates the steak that you plan on seasoning the next day. It illuminates the milk that has no impact on your life, but it's necessary to sustain your baby brother's life. Now, that's the way the light of God works. It shows on everything, not just the stuff that is important to you. Now, this really fits in with what we were talking about last week when we discussed salt and being the salt of the earth. See, we act as both salt and light because as the church, we're here to fulfill the role of spreading and growing. We may very well be the church, but it's our individualism and our personality that seasons and adds to the depth of the church. Without our type of salt in the church, the church would be bland and it would be tasteless. It would be there, but it wouldn't be appealing. That's why it's so important that we reach those in our circles so that they can reach the people that are in their other circles that we just cannot connect with. And lastly, I want to talk about the response that others have to the light. Now, the response others have to the light may only be acknowledgement of the light. Others are going to see your work when you do it openly. Others will see your happiness, they'll see your joy, and they'll see that that radiates off of you. But it's ultimately up to the other people if they want to experience that same light. Being happy, worshiping, and letting others see and notice the brightness off of you does not mean that you're bragging and trying to make others jealous. Truthfully, that can be experienced the exact same way by them, but only if they choose to. See, you cannot make someone else accept God. You may only be able to shine brightly enough around them so that you can be an example. Uh, I want to read Exodus chapter 13 verse 21 and it says, The Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud, and he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel by day or by night. Now, of course, this verse is talking about Jesus uh, leading his people out of Egypt during the Exodus. And even during these trying times, Jesus provided a way of light during the day and during night for his people to follow him to safety. Now, just like Jesus did for his people, we have to do the same for non-believers. Jesus literally provided a lit path that directed his people right back to him. But ultimately, his people had to make the conscious decision as to if they wanted to follow the way to Jesus or if they wanted to stay where they were. 
See, we're in the same situation here today. We, as a believer, can act as a light leading straight to God. And what I mean by that is if someone's watching us, maybe even if it's from a distance, they can see our happiness and know that the source of our happiness comes directly from God. But in that same manner, we can easily light the path to God through us. Again, it's up to the person, though, if they want to see that in us or not. Just like I mentioned only, uh, just like I mentioned earlier, we can only let others know and show them the way. We cannot force them to follow Jesus and take the enlightened path. So I ask you, is there a specific situation in your life that God's calling you to be His light? Is he calling you to be the light for your family and set your family on a path that's directed right back to God? Is he calling you to be a light in your school where you may be surrounded by non-believers? Maybe you have a job and he's asking you to be a light in your work. Wherever God is calling you to be the light, I urge you to let that light shine as bright as you possibly can. Remember, verse, first, uh, verse 15 says, Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. See, God did not give us grace and a relationship with him so that we can hide it and keep that as our own little secret. He gave us grace so that we can show it off. If there was ever a chance in your life to show up and show out, it's with the grace of God on your side. Remember, God longs to ultimately have that relationship with each and every one of us. And it's so important that we show that relationship and that love to everyone else. Don't be afraid of and be happy to display your relationship with God. Others may need to see it. In everything else, we need to be humble. But when it comes to being the light of the world, we need to let that, bright, that light shine just as bright as we can. Hey Radio Elevate, this is Matt, worship pastor here at Crosspoint Church. Man, what a great opportunity it is to spend time with you here on Radio Elevate. What a great platform and opportunity that you have to share with your friends and your family the good news of the gospel brought to you by Elevate Student Ministries. Cody and the team have done a fantastic job leading you in this ministry. We're excited about what they're going to be able to do through Radio Elevate. I hope you enjoy it. I know I'm looking forward to it. Join with me as we listen together this new lesson on Radio Elevate. Light. Without it, there would be no life. Every religion on the planet would agree that God is light. The Bible says, This is the message we have heard from Him, and announced to you, that God is light. And in Him there is no darkness at all. The Lord is my light, and my salvation. 
Whom shall I fear? I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. As the appearance of the rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day, so was the appearance of the surrounding radiance. Such was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. His radiance is like the sunlight. He has rays flashing from his hand. We can see throughout the Bible that God is described as the true and eternal light. Yet no one ever stopped to consider what the properties of light were in relation to God. That light itself could testify of the one and only God and to his nature. Pure white light is a compound unity. Amazingly, three primary colors together create pure white light and in turn also create all the other colors in the rainbow. Which is why we find these three primary colors used in projectors, computer LCDs, and graphic design programs. Because light has three primary divisions. Three are one, or trinity. And a trinity is exactly how God is portrayed in the Bible as a compound unity, rather than just a singular one. Light reveals this fact, God is a compound unity of colors. He is not a singular being without divisions. The three primary colors portray a divine truth about light and God, Father, Word, and Holy Spirit. Express this truth about light, that three are one, and when united, these three express all seven colors. Only one book can show this link between light and God. The Bible expresses the three primary colors of God by saying, For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. And Jesus said, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The Bible also tells us that God has seven spirits. Grace be unto you, and peace, from him which is, and which was, and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne, and unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God. And out of the throne preceded lightnings, and thunderings and voices. And there were seven lamps of fire, burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And in the Tanakh, the Old Testament, God reveals what his seven spirits are, which dwell in his Messiah. Isaiah 11:2. And the Spirit of the Lord, shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. There is no doubt that the God of the Bible is shown to be a compound unity in both Old and New Testament. When God said to Israel, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The word for one he used was a card, which means a united one. Just like the three primary colors are unified to create white light, 
he could have used the word Yaqid which would have meant, a singular one, without divisions. But God, used a word, which would express, how he is a unified God. Just like light itself, is one, yet made up, of divisions. God gave the menorah, to Moses, to portray this truth to the Jews, that God, is our light. He is a compound unity, a God who exactly portrays the properties of light. God is one God, but he has three, branches, and seven, spirits. This is a divine mystery, hidden, in the Jewish menorah. The truth, about God, and light. My friend, you can only find this astounding truth in the Bible. That three, are one, and express seven divine qualities or spirits. That is the nature, of the God of the Bible. And that is also the nature, of light itself. Who can deny, such a powerful testimony, which light gives, of the true, God. Romans 10 13. It says, For whosoever, shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall, be saved. Romans 10 verse 9. That, if you will confess, with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. My friend, God, loves you, so much, to get right with him. We have to recognize, that we are sinners, in need of forgiveness, and cry out, to God for his mercy. I hope, that you will pray this prayer with me, today. My Father, I believe that you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for my sins. I believe that he died, and was resurrected, and is coming back as King, to judge the world. My Father, I, repent. Please, forgive me, of all my sins. Come, into my heart, and make me, your child, in the name, of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you have said this prayer, and decided to turn, from your life of sin, and follow Jesus, then you have become a child, of God. Please go and find, a born again Christian church, where you can have fellowship, with other believers. Well, thank you so much for joining us this week on Radio Elevate. Can't wait to see you right back here next week for another edition of Radio Elevate. Until then, my name's Cody Fair. I'm with Elevate Youth Ministry at Cross Point Church in Jonesboro, Tennessee. And I'll see you right back here next week for another episode of Radio Elevate.